black community has done a lot of that where we fought for integration without thinking about what happens after that. We fought for affirmative action without thinking about what happens after that. We fought for all these different things without thinking about, we fought for voting for Joe Biden without thinking what happens after that. Tweet Talk episode 150. Are we on the air? Tweet Talk, Tweet Talk, Tweet Talk, Tweet Talk. And begin. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Bill Wealth owned, invest, and close the wealth gap. It's, it's, it's time to break down these financial concepts with your hosts, Charles Oglesby and Raphael Husbands. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! We got a whole production over here again. What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's Tweet Talk, and we're back again. Three weeks in a row. Keeping it running, keeping it running, keeping it running. We are back, folks. I am your host, Raphael Husbands. I'm my co-host, Charles Oglesby III, JD, aka Todd Billionaire. And you know what we do, folks. We come here, we break down these financial tweaks and talk about building black wealth. What's going on, Charles? My mic, I don't want no bad audio. Like this. Um, check, um, check, check. Yeah, was using the wrong mic. All right, cool. So what's going on, man? Yeah, life is good. Life is good. Summertime is in full swing. It's hot over here on the East Coast. Hot and humid, but life is good. Yeah, it's been warming up in California, too, just a little bit. Um, in certain parts, we were at the lake, and it was like in the hundreds. Come back home, it's in the 80s, maybe 90s. Go to downtown LA, it's in the 80s. You can walk around in a suit on. It really doesn't get hot in downtown LA until like August. Then you got to kind of like take the suit off, maybe wear a polo shirt underneath the suit or something. Mm. Yesterday um, yesterday was Bajan Day in Brooklyn, New York. Went over, went over there, a little celebration for all the Barbadian folks. Shout out to all my Barbadians. What up, what up? Um, it was a good day. It was nice. It was nice. Also went on a riverboat, river, riverboat tour, tour yesterday. That was cool. I'm like, Charles is onto something with this boat life. It's nice to relaxing. It's a vibe, huh? It is a vibe. Just get out cruise the out there. Get out there on the water, chilling. So let's get to it, man. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, folks, at Tweet Talk Pod. It's P-O-D. Follow myself on Twitter at Work Money Life. Follow my partner, Charles, at Real Todd Billion, because there's only one. Folks, get your tickets to the Black Man Building Wealth Conference. Let them know, Charles. Yeah, Black Man Building Wealth Conference Part 2. Click the link in the bio but you can also go to www.blackmanwealth.com. Um, it's coming up. It's coming up. So we're getting heavy on making sure you guys know to get your tickets now because they're only selling a certain amount of tickets. Um, so I highly recommend that you get those while you can. And we start this off with, um, oh, like. Um, let's start this off with one a tweet from one of the speakers that will be at the conference, Voice uh, Watkins. I saw you retweeted a tweet of his and it said, Black people, I'm tired of losing. Let's elevate together. We aren't meant to be in last place. Man, it's hard trying to get everybody on one accord, man. It is really hard trying to get everybody on one accord. Um, it'll be great if we could. Um, we just have so many different competing mindsets. We have people who are willing to do the work. And we have people who want the work done for them. And in order for us to grow, we all have to do the work. The problem is the government has given us the opportunity to get a lot of things without doing the work. Um, and so it's kind of made people lazy. May yesterday with um, brother Al Jenkins. Al Jenkins, his grandfather was a slave. Um, Al Jenkins ended up becoming a district attorney. He was an engineer before that. Um, people who just came out of slavery were hungry. They were ambitious. They wanted to, to create things. They wanted to build things. And they did build things. A lot of that spirit was beaten out of us. Um, and then it was kind of like, I guess the government put in programs to kind of get it out of us as well. And so I think the problem is you have people who, so for example, I saw another tweet and it was talking about how like a lot of 
women these days don't want to do anything and they always base it on like oh other cultures their women don't do anything and there's like but ling ling's over there raising the kids <laughs> making dinner answering the phone at the restaurant running the restaurant doing all these things to make it happen and we're like it's 100 true you go into their restaurants everybody in there working everybody's in there working and so i think that we have this this situation where we want certain things but like we also want easy and i think that that's the problem i mean it's, it's just tough like somebody posted a tweet and they were talking about like you just got to focus on your family and i agree so you just got to focus on your family because these days folks be wrong and still debating you and so it's like you got to kind of know who you're talking to on the internet a lot of these people ain't that bright man <laughs> and everybody got a twitter and everybody got a cool little avatar and if they don't got a cool avatar they post a behind a cartoon meme and they got these great opinions at the end of the day you just got to know what's for you and know how you think and how you view the world and just operate in that so of course, in an ideal world, we can all get it together. Um, there's just so much that you got to fight against. It's like in order to really think throughout this whole conversation. But um, we saw a tweet where it was like, yeah, we need to bring back two parent households. And people had all the excuses in the book for why that's wrong. They were like, oh, well, what if a half a one parent household is generating a half million dollars? And the two-parent households generating 500K, then what? And it's like, bruh, can we just operate in reality? <laughs> the mental gymnastics, as they said. We come up with all the um, the scenarios that's next to impossible. Like, come on, man. Like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. But I know it's 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 funny because it's hard to it's hard to get everybody in one accord, like you said, man. The problem is that's pretty much what we need. I mean, we don't need everybody, honestly. We need 10% moving, moving strong. And the rest will follow, hopefully, most of them, pretty much. Now, I don't ask you about this. I saw you put out a quote from a book. It looks like the sooner you forget about needing a paycheck, the easier that adult life will be. What book is this? Rich Dad Poor Dad. Oh, is it? Gotcha. I also saw you, um, a tweet from our people, Ike. He said the best investments are very ugly. I've been saying that for a long time. And you know what's funny is they're ugly and they might get uglier, as we saw with Meta. Um, Meta, we bought it on a pretty significant discount. I think it lost like 20% in a day. Um, and I think it lost another good chunk the following day. And I bought some. I bought it like 200 bucks a share. And this is because prior to that, you couldn't say anything bad about Meta. And I love when there's a company that's just kicking butt, winning, and then they get hit with something negative. And so <clears throat> we bought it around 200 bucks a share. And it proceeded to get cut in half. So I want to say I probably made like a $20,000 investment. That $20,000 investment turned into $10,000. And I was like, all right, well, I still think it's a good company. I still think they're mm -hmm. going to bounce back. Good companies bounce back. Um, good companies have good teams. Good companies have good leaderships. Good companies are well capitalized so that they can weather the storm and so that they can pivot and create into the next opportunity. And so it ended up over the, the term of however long, maybe a year running from, it went from 200 to 100 back to 300. So it's at like 290 now. Uh, probably not that. I think it's at like 250, 260, something like that. Anyway, I have like a 30% return, maybe more. So I took a 50% loss and turned it into a 30% gain on that, all because of patience. And one of the principles of value investing is patience. Uh, Warren Buffett talks about that. You got to you gotta spot an opportunity and have patience for that opportunity to come to you. I can say the same thing is true about Detroit real estate. Like Detroit real estate uh, was doing well. COVID kind of knocked it off its, off its track. And so we started to think like, oh, it's not worth it anymore. It's not good. And then post-COVID, they're doing a lot of developing in Detroit. Detroit is a major city across from a major lake, a major body of water. All these Midwest cities are typically close to major bodies of water. Chicago, Green Bay, Cleveland, 
Chicago, uh, Detroit, they're all next to like either a big lake or a big river because that's how they set up cities back in the day because they had to, that's how they traveled was through the water. And so um, now that's highly valuable just to be close to water because of the aesthetic purposes, just like we were talking about the boat life. People want to be near water. Water gives life. Water is empowering. Water refreshes you. And so Detroit is coming back. The downtown area is amazing. Um, they're cutting down on crime. There's a ton of police presence there. But it went up and then it went down and people started panicking and now it's on its way back up again. And the way it goes higher, it might go higher than it was before. You can see it all the time. Tesla. Tesla went from getting hammered. I bought Tesla at a significant discount and I'm up like 130% of my Tesla position because I just rode out the wave and it's had negative things throughout the way. But like good people are good people. And I think this applies not just to stocks, but it applies to your life is if you're a dope person and you're going through a, a, a trial right now, just know it's going to get better. Just know that you're going to get back on top and you're probably going to be higher than you were before. I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my life. And what I realized is like I usually end up in a better position that I was before I went down than I am now. So you buy ugly investments with the knowledge that they could potentially get uglier. But knowing that that's the way that you invest, you don't invest in the pretty, fancy, flashy stuff. You don't invest in the pretty, fancy, flashy person. You don't go find that girl who is doing all these things, whatever, and be like, that's the girl I want. A lot of dudes are losing because they're chasing dimes. We need to find you a seven and build. Because you know what makes women look good? Money. So <laughs> if you get you a girl who's okay and you build, you get her hair done, nails done, everything did, you know, it's going to be good. I see a lot of young girls. I'm like, man, like you have the potential, but like you ain't got no money. So like you just look cheap. But as they get older, I've seen it. I've seen girls who like I knew in high and college who like once they hit like 25, 27, they get out of college, get a good job. I'm like, wow, you turned into a bad B. Congratulations. But you got to get her in college, not once she becomes a bad B, because now she ain't talking to you because now she's talking to everybody. <laughs> That's funny, because um, I was thinking yesterday about how when I was younger, you went for the girl that showed interest in you. Like, if you you could girls that you that you never met before and you start talking to them you rock with the one that shows interest in you not not the pretty then you end up wasting time and 100 um going back to that meta that meta stock it's funny that you brought that up i'm glad you brought it up because i think what made me mad is i think you bought it right after we had a conversation i told you i had bought it uh and i was saying i don't know if that was a good decision because i kind of did it on impulse i was like man this thing dropped for no reason let me buy some meta stock and you were like, you know what? It's not a bad move. I'll buy some too, or whatever it was. But I did end up selling it though. I didn't have a large position like you did. But when you hit me the other day, I was like, man, I should have held on. Like, but but held what on. did you learn from that process though? What I learned, because I'm not like sick over it, because it wasn't a, I didn't lose a bunch of money. But what I did learn from that is, is you talk about it all the time, like you buy on the news. Like it was a, a valuable company that the only reason the stock lost value is because they had bad news. They had some bad crap. They didn't it wasn't like they had a bad quarter or they were losing money or something. It wasn't business related. It was all about bad press. And you talk about that all the time. I'm like, so it was a good it was a good dis it was a good discount and it was a good buy, even though I did it kinda of on impulse. So that 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 was a learning experience for me and also that you gotta have patience for these things to to work themselves out. Investing, <clears throat> investing is the long game, man. If you are playing the stock market for the short term, I don't consider that investing. <clears throat> I consider it kind of trading, gambling, speculating. Um, but if you look at the chart, they always tell you to zoom out. If you look at the chart, likely the overall trend of that stock 
is up and likely the highs are getting higher as it goes up. It might not happen in a month, six months, a year, but it might happen in two years. And so this is why you have to invest money that you don't need. And this is also why you have to take the long-term approach when you're doing anything. Like it'd be great if it happens next month, but if it doesn't, it's going to eventually happen. The goal is to make money. The goal is not to make money tomorrow. And a lot of people, they're focused on tomorrow. And that's why they're like, they took the information that I put out and they turned it into a trading and speculating and day charts and all that stuff. And I was like, each is good investments. I buy good investments that I can profit on through earnings. I buy good investments that I can profit on because they're undervalued, but they're always good investments. It's not some crap. Meta is a good company um, and they're just going through some situations. I want to say it was because of the ad situation, but billion dollar companies that have massive payrolls and great executive board, they're going to figure it out. They're always going to figure it out. So the goal is to always find good companies, not just to find a good stock. Well, now that we are talking about Meta, let's talk about really quick in this episode's segment of Black Billionaire Banter. Let's talk real quick about uh, the, the new Spill app created by um, a couple of former Twitter employees, two black guys, although they look very like. But anyway, that's not the point. Anyway. So the new Spiller app is out there and it's growing because everybody's sick of Elon and Twitter limiting what you can see and what you can do. Uh, unfortunately, it's only on iOS right now, so I can't get it on my Android. So I'm really not too happy about that. But I'm hearing good things about that, the app. I'm hearing good things about Spill. Um, I was able to get the threads. So Mark Zuckerberg and, and Meta dropped the threads at a day early, too, I think. I think it's probably because they're scared of still gaining ground, but whatever. To me, it's boring. What's your what, what's your what's your idea on on Threads so far? Um, Threads is interesting because most of your followers are are Instagram people, and so I think that your content has to be Instagram type content, meaning that mm-hmm. there's a certain level of rawness that you can bring to Twitter that you can't bring to Threads. Um, so I put out a tweet and I was like, "This is me on Twitter, and this is me on Threads." And so it's like Carlton the gangster and Carlton the the tied up preppy guy. Um, I post on Threads maybe once a day, if that. Um, I really don't care too much for it, honestly. Um, I think. It would have been cool if he incorporated it into like Instagram. So if there's like another mm. button that you could tap and then you could just be in your just straight feed. Kind of like how Facebook was back in the day. People always talk about this, but like Facebook back in the day, it was all inclusive. Your Instagram status or your Facebook status was essentially your tweet. And so you post it, you get likes and you get comments. And then your pictures that you posted were essentially your Instagram. And then you had your main profile. And Instagram was like, all right, we're just going to take the whole picture thing and run with it. Because there, it used to be a whole thing. Like, if we threw an event, like, if you do an event, like, you take pictures at your event and you post them and everybody's looking at the picture. The Capitals would do it. We would do it. Um, it was a thing. We did a barbecue. We took pictures, post them online. You see them. And so pictures used to be a really big thing on Facebook. Like, going to see what people were posting, where they were at, all that stuff. You post your album from your vacation or whatever. Instagram took that and just parsed it out. And then the status thing, Twitter took it and they just parsed it down. They're like, all right, we're just going to have nothing but statuses here. And so I think what Instagram could have done that would have been smart is kept everything on the app. It's kind of like, what if Instagram would have said, okay, you guys got Snapchat. We're going to create a whole new app and it's going to be Instagram stories. No, they put it right there, right at the top. You don't got to go anywhere. So I think that's the only failing that I see there because I don't like having to go to a different app to do it, Um, especially when I'm so used to just clicking Twitter, clicking Instagram. I go to the same two. Um, But it is boring. Um, It's just very, very basic. The... The avatars are very small, so you can't even really see the picture of what's going on. Um, But what I'm noticing is you do get a lot of engagement for the things that you post. So you post something and it's going to get 
a good amount of likes, a good amount of comments. Um, or Zucks is good at that, giving you the free engagement. So I'm not even really too tripping off of that because I'm like, all right, you're going to let me get some likes. So I come over here and then one day you're going to shut it down, which is another reason why I don't really want to get too invested into it because I've already seen how he plays things. So it's like, I don't really want to invest all this energy into your thing just for you to one day pull the plug. Like, that's kind of whack to me. We build up your platform and then you're like, all right, well, now you can pay us or now we control things. Um, if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. And so that's why I'm kind of not too big on on threads, but I do have threads. At one point in time, I wasn't going to do it. And I was like, all right, let's just get it. One thing I like about it is you can literally just follow all the people that are on your social media with one click. So I didn't have to go through and click a bunch of people and follow, follow, follow. Right. You just said, do you want to follow your existing followers? I was like, sure. And so now... Last I checked, I had like 3,700 followers on on threads, but it might be more now. Yeah, you build up the um the following quickly too, because on the other side, when they join, they ask them the same question: Do you want to follow the same people you followed before? So it's like boom, 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 boom. But it is boring. It is. It has been less than a week that's been released, so it's still early. It still has to develop a personality. The problem I see is that there's nothing different about it. Like there's no different functions threads that you don't have in twitter so it's it's just like twitter but just cleaner you don't see a bunch of ads that have nothing to do that you like but that's going to come sooner or later so yeah they gotta it, add some colors or something yeah it's just a twitter copy but it is what it is um hopefully spill will hurry up and develop their android app um so that everybody can jump on i'm hearing good things about it i'm hearing it's very black just but in a positive way um, yeah, they gotta they gotta get it together quickly. But I'm hearing positive things as it's very good at. Hopefully, hopefully they get it together quickly. We're hearing good things now, Charles. You said people won't really grasp your dopeness until they see the kids you raise. I think what's interesting about kids, for the most part, is kids a lot of times take your instruction. Um, sometimes they don't, but at least they're hearing it on the internet people debate everything you got to say so if i tell my son we're going to college with a purpose if i tell my son that there's value in getting married if i tell my son that we're going to go to church and we're going to have a relationship with god it just is what it is and then they start to see all the good things that flow from him as opposed to me going on the internet and arguing with strangers and trying to convince them of things that they don't want to be convinced of and so they really get to see the values that you possess when they become reflected in your child. Um, one of the things that's interesting about my life is when we were growing up, we were always kind of different. We couldn't go and hang out with our cousins in the way that they hung out. We couldn't, we didn't go to school where they went to school, even though we as children wanted to go to school with our cousins because they went to school in like what they call the Southeast part of San Diego, which is a very rough part of San Diego. And so um, they used to laugh and joke and say, oh, you talk white or, oh, you act white or they always have jokes. You dress this way. And then you look at how our lives played out and it's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's night and day. Like I said, small gaps become big gaps. And so people can argue with me. They can debate with me. They can tell me that I'm wrong all the time. But when you see my son, you know that there was something right about what I had saying, what I was saying. You might disagree with me saying, hey, go to school with the focus. He should do what he wants. But when he's living the life of his dreams, because we told him to put success before happiness, you can't really argue with that. So uh, another part of what that came from was um, I was watching uh, uh, Pastor Mike Todd, and he was saying that your kids or being a father is a way that you kind of get to like duplicate yourself. And if I can do that, I'll be a very happy person. If I create somebody who is well-groomed, well-spoken, well-mannered, which he is, I've done 
my part on helping improve the African-American culture. I can't change everybody, but I can change my family and I can improve my family. I can make sure that we're doing the right things. And that's my goal. Yeah, because you already touched on that already, but it ties right into the other tweet you had about people say they want their kids to do whatever they want to do. Problem is one, at 18, your kids don't know nothing. And two, how do you support your kids into quote unquote, whatever they want to do? Kids right. in that direction. Whatever they want to do, doesn't exist. That's not a path. And so how do you support them? You don't. And that's what a lot of people don't want to do. They don't really want to have to do anything to support their kids. They're like, you 18, figure it out. But determined parents are like, where are we going? What are we doing? What can we get into early? You have to have a vision for your children. And when I said that they have to have options within a lucrative career, I started to realize like, that's what other cultures do. Like, Okay, you can do whatever you want within these options. Doctor, lawyer, engineer, nurse. <laughs> Have a ball. But what's interesting is my sister, when she got out of high school, we told her, hey, go to college. She's like, I don't want to go to college. I want to do hair. I like doing hair. This is what I enjoy doing. So my mom was like, all right, do hair. So my mom helped her go to cosmetology school. My sister started working at a cosmetology school. About five years later, she's like, I hate this. I don't make enough money. I work a lot. I can't take care of my kid. I was like, hey, you should go to college and be a nurse. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So she ultimately ends up going to college. She gets her associates and then she goes and she gets, um, she goes to like this uh, certificate program and she gets like her, I want to say either, it's like a, a nurse assistant program. And so as she does that, she starts to make good money. And as she starts to make good money, she starts to be happier. She starts to be nicer to people. She stops cussing people out and being rude and being angry and all that stuff. And now she has the potential to further that and become an actual nurse. Because a lot of people are bitter and angry because they're broke. A lot of people come on the internet to say these crazy things about what somebody else should do for them because they're broke. You have all these entitlements for other people because you figured that you can't do it for yourself. And so if my sister would have listened at a young age, she would have been where she is now 10 years earlier. And she would have been happier 10 years earlier. And she would have been a better mom 10 years earlier. I want that for my son. I don't want him to just be out here doing what feels good and what sounds good and what he thinks is good. Because kids don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I tell my parents all the time, the only reason why I have a degree in finance is because my mom told me to get a degree in finance. You know what I did? I listened. I listened. My mom told me to go to college. I listened. I was going to, I like, I remember, I'll never forget the day before, um, the, the day before we went to um, like a, so I had to, before I went to college, we had like this, uh, I forget what they call it, where you go to school and you kind of like experience it. I forget what they call it. There's a word for it. If you guys know, let me know. <clears throat> and then the day I woke up, I was like, I don't want to go. I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to go to this thing. You go there, you go to college, you stay overnight in the dorm rooms, and then you go home the next day. I was like, I don't want to do it. And so I went and I was like, this is a vibe. We're just out here, just hanging out, having fun, living on, living on campus. We got our own place. After I came back from that, I was dead set on going to college. I was like, I'm going. I can't wait. I already had my roommate picked out, all that stuff. And if my mom didn't say like, no, get up and go, I wouldn't have ever known that that's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to talk myself out of it, out of fear, out of 18 year old, scared of doing it. But when you are 18, you have the option to not do it. Kids go to school in high school because they gotta go. But once you start having some choice, you're like, oh, I don't know. Another time that happened is after my first year of college, I didn't really do that well my first year of college because I was having too much fun. But I also had became a Sigma. And after that first year, I was like, you know what? I might just go back and go to a JC and just like get my grades back together. But I was like, you know what? I want to be a Sigma on campus and turn up. And so I went back just for the frat <laughs> in my second year in college just to be Greek on campus and while out. Third year, I got it together. Once I hit my third year, I was way more focused, way more determined. I got it all out of my system and I was there for a purpose. 
<clears throat> but only because I had people who kept telling me what to do and kept pushing me along and didn't let me just do what I wanted to do. You can't let your kids do what they want to do. They don't know anything. They don't. My son, if he had it his way, he'd be jumping off the tables and eating cookies. You're always too bad, actually. Jumping off the tables and eating cookies don't sound too bad right now. Right. It doesn't sound too bad, but it's not. <laughs> about dope. Yeah, but a lot, it won't of, get a you lot of the things that people want to do don't sound bad. I didn't I didn't say I'm just gonna like go sell drugs. I said, hey, I'm gonna do this instead. It was a it was an alternative. But it wasn't the best alternative. A lot of the things people don't want people want to do, like a lot of things people say on on the internet, they sound good, they make sense, but they're wrong. Nobody comes on the internet and says something that's just completely off base and ha- is not rooted in some sort of sense. But it's wrong. And Flip Tat Newt said something that we have a problem with thinking past the second layer. We have a problem with mm. thinking like to the results. So he was like, people will throw the ball up in the air, and they don't realize, well, what happens when the ball comes down? People will say like, oh. I want to be in a marriage and not do anything. But what happens when the, the man's stressed out and he's under pressure because he's over here trying to do all these things and he's in credit card debt up to his eyeballs? What about that? When all you have to do is participate and help. There's things that have to follow it, not just the immediate feel-goodness of just throwing the ball up in the air and like, well, this is so cool and it comes down and hits you in the head. Black community has done a lot of that where we fought for integration without thinking about what happens after that. We fought for affirmative action without thinking about what happens after that. We fought for all these different things without thinking about, we fought for voting for Joe Biden without thinking what happens after that. What happens after that? I saw a lady, black woman on Twitter, I have no idea who she is, but she she had a tweet where she was talking about, she kind of made a joke of it, but actually she didn't really make a joke of it, but she laughed at the end. She she was saying that these men are, these men be out here like doing all this stress, trying to make things happen for us, and we sitting back like just make it happen. I mean, just want to live the soft life, but these men be out here stressed. And I can't, I can't really talk about it, but just trying to make it happen. And she it, laughed about it, but it was real. These we these women be stressed out paying their own bills. I told somebody I was like, when you have a man and he pays the bills, your bills don't disappear. No, they become his bills now. So you got his bills and your bills. Another thought that I had is that a lot of women don't want a man unless he does everything, not realizing that if he does something, that's more than what you got now. My mom, when when my mom got remarried, our income immediately turned into a six-figure household. Everything changed. We, it was cool when we were single and we were on our own, but it wasn't what it was once we did all that. We weren't exposed to the things we were exposed. We weren't going out to eat like we were going out to. We weren't buying new cars. We weren't staying in hotels. We weren't taking trips. All that stuff changed. He didn't take over everything. He just added on top of what she was already doing. And I'm forever grateful for that. He didn't he didn't take over. He doesn't have to take over everything to make to improve your life. Your life can be improved just by the addition. People be out there like, I want to raise. The husband is that raise. Husband is that raise. Interesting way to look at it. Now, you said on a tweet, I wish y'all had the same energy for jobs as y'all do relationship. What do you mean by that? I generally want to know. So there's this girl, she posted this tweet and she was like, Oh, if that man is doing this and this and this, just leave, just be out. And I was like, why is that always a solution? We saw with the Kiki Palmer situation where Kiki Palmer's child's father had a legitimate concern. Like, hey, don't be out there with your ass cheeks on the internet. Their response was, he's controlling, you should leave. Like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Now, that child is going to grow up without the presence of his father. I don't care about the bread. I don't care about the money. I care about the presence. The present. There's things when, like, we're just sitting around the house and you can see where my, my son's getting both sides of the spectrum. He's getting a female perspective. He's getting a male perspective. He's getting a, a female 
um, example and a male example. That matters more than just the money in his pocket. But so many times we're like, oh, well, Kiki Palmer's worth $4 million and he's worth half a million. So therefore he's worth nothing. And if he's worth nothing, he's worthless and he's not necessary. That child didn't come into this world with money. He came into this world with nothing. Meaning you use what came from your body for free to create that child. Now, all of a sudden, you got to have multiple millions of dollars to be relevant to that child. No, your existence is enough. And so my point is that like people tolerate so much on their job. They tolerate disrespect. They tolerate microaggression. They mm. tolerate getting looked over. They tolerate dress codes and having this code switch and all these different things. But when they get into a relationship, they're like, nah, I'm just who I am. Walk in that job and tell your job is I am who I am and see what they say. See how long you're going to be employed. We'll twist and turn and maneuver to fit into the job and give our least to our mate who's covering you, protecting you, being a, a, a source for you. We don't have the same energy for white people that we have for our own. White people, we, we, we bend over backwards to accommodate. Our jobs have bend over backwards to accommodate, but we're unwilling to change for our mate. And one of the most important things you can do for your mate is change yourself, not change them change yourself. And the amazing thing is, it's none of us are as great as we think we are. There's always greater levels that could exist. And so I tell people all the time, in the beginning of my marriage, I was frustrated. But you know what I did to change that frustration? I changed. I changed. I became more reasonable and more understanding and less hard and tough and forceful. I watched my words more. I became more giving and more selfless and more and more sharing. I took the backseat in a lot of things, realizing that I'm going to always get what I want. You're going to get what you want when you give what you want. Um, Jamal had a tweet and he was like, yeah, it's hard out here because you can't find somebody to love you the way that you need to be loved. I was like, fam, if you want to give it, if you want love, give love. If you want love a certain way, give love that certain way. Everybody's out here looking for somebody else to do what they need to be doing for themselves. And that's why they're frustrated. And that's why it's probably not going to happen for them, respectfully. Respectfully. And um, just thinking about this whole thing, people, if you listen to this, please let go of this celebrity worship. And if you like us, I mean, like who you want to like. If you like a rapper, you like the rapper. If you like the actress, you like the actress. But you can't write with everything they do. You got to separate the art from the nonsense they do in real life. Like, just because you like Kiki Palmer as an actress and you, you like her characters that she put on the screen doesn't mean you gotta ride with everything she does because the dude was wrong the, the the biggest mistake he made was taking this stuff public like why why did you go on social media to say this stuff that was stupid but then i see you no know, i think she says something back on twitter and it's like that's even more stupid but these the women on twitter are saying some silly stuff like saying that she's the breadwinner in the relationship she should she could do what she's gonna do he's just a stay-at-home father or whatever he's a cat host so he should be quiet and it's like you gotta think about what you're saying because that's the kind of stuff people are saying about women so when you start saying these things, you're giving people ammunition to stay at you. Oh, we were right all along. If a man is making millions of dollars, then the woman should shut up and just do whatever he said. That that's that's basically what you say when you defend Key Palmer in that way. So yeah. you care for what you say and do, man. It was interesting because it's like the very things people complain about are the things that they that they do. And that's all I say. Like people don't want to end these things they just want their chance to crack the whip mm. they don't want to end dominance of one species over the other they just want to be the dominant species <laughs> that's the funny thing man you don't people don't want freedom they just want to be the owner they want to be the slave owner. it is what it is man 
Let that um, stuff go. There was something I wanted to say about that, though. Um, and then we kind of went on the income thing, which I kind of wanted to stay away from because I don't think that income should determine the value of a person, especially if they're a good person. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, but I forgot what I was going to say. So we can move on to the next topic unless, unless it comes back to me. So I saw you retweeted a tweet from somebody, Amazon Loney, whoever that is. And she said, develop your sexual discipline so you're not a slave to your sexual urges. Your inability to control your lust is going to cause unnecessary dysfunction in your life. Yeah, I had a similar tweet that did a lot of numbers. And it was like, if sex is the most important thing to you, then women are going to control everything about your life. One of the things that's cool about being married is you can walk past a pretty woman and not care. <laughs> but if you are single, you got to be going after every option. And then now you're just being strung along by somebody. And so it's like, it's kind of cool to interact with pretty women and like, it just is 100% business. Like it's not no alternative met, uh, motives, nothing like that. Um, but I think that what's interesting about like our culture is we do have a very sexualized culture. And so we have men who are always pursuing sex, no matter where they can get it from. And then you have women who are always being pursued for sex, but they think they're being pursued, period. And so then they develop this mindset of like i'm super valuable i'm super worth all these different things so you have this disconnect you have this this weird illusion being created by men chasing women for sex and you have women who come on and say well since i'm so wanted i don't got to settle down with one person or if i am with one person he's replaceable because there's so many different options out here not realizing those options aren't real options and so you create this weird ecosystem of single people who are like out of touch with reality because what happens is a lot of times men will say and do the right things to get sex. And so she will think that it's a valid option because he's telling her all these things you're going to do for her, all this great person he is. You got to, you have to make a girl like you. Girls don't have sex with dudes they don't like. So you got to do all these different things to make her like you as a person, knowing that you only really want to have sex with her. And so it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. And so we do need to control our sexual urges so that men aren't just out here hollering at everything and walking with two legs so that we can restore order and what's going on. Because right now there's, there's no order. There's no order. It's just people out here vibing, twerking, getting drunk, having one night stand. And one of the things that was important about that tweet that was talking about um, like creating two parent homes and somebody said, well, what if they're like, they're like happy two parent homes. And I was like, happiness is overrated. And I posted this, uh, this video by uh, TD Jakes. But also another comment that I made was that if you're in a relationship and it's tough, you got to figure out how to make it work. And then what's going to happen is you're going to become a better person. And what's going to happen is we're going to have better people in our community. We have better people in our community. We have a better community. Hallelujah. We just saw what Dr. Boyce Watkins was talking about in the very beginning. <laughs> but it starts with the family. And they knew that. And that's why they do things to break it up. They know that the family is everything. I saw a stat on Twitter that also was saying that, like, Prior to 1960, like black people, black women were more married than black women. Prior to 1960, black men were married to married more often than black men. You mean than white, than white, than white, than white men. Right. We had to be married. Like marriage mm. was the teamwork was what we had to do. And so one of the things that I like about when you're in situations where you have no choice to be strong, you tend to become strong. And now we're in a situation where you don't necessarily need somebody because you can get EBT, you can get Section 8, you can get all these different things. Granted, there are things of black men that kind of created that, where there was black men who would leave the family, leave the woman with nothing, and now she's out here with these kids destitute. And so they had to step in, but that system got perverted. We turned a need into an expectation where now that was 
an exceptional circumstance. Like I, I think they show like the stats, like the people who needed welfare before welfare became a thing was smaller than the people who were on welfare once it became a thing because now it became the play. Now you got to run the play. Oh, the play is this. I was talking to a client the other day and um, she's from Compton and uh, I was talking to her and I was like, where'd you go to high school? She's like, I went to a bunch of different high schools. And usually somebody tells me that they went to a bunch of different high schools. They have problems. They were a problem kid. Like you don't just bounce around in high school to high school if uh, you was on your shit. And so um, I noticed that this lawsuit that we're filing wasn't the only lawsuit that we're filing. We fought another lawsuit for her. So basically her play is get injured, file a lawsuit. And so one of the questions that I had to ask her was like, have you ever filed a workers' compensation lawsuit or workers' compensation claim in the last 10 years? And she was like, um, no, but she was like, oh. I might need to because I keep seeing all these girls around here filing workers' compensation claims. They be getting crazy bread. And then I was like, this is where we at. <laughs> Run the play. I hate that term now. Here's I hate the play. It. I never like that term. Here's the play. Let me give you the play. Oh, man. Oh, man. Anyway. Quickie, quick, quick. We can't solve problems that were 400 years in the making with a quickie, quick, quick. Well, now that you say that, um, I saw you had a tweet where I guess some they were able. Oh, Jamela Hill. Jamil, whatever you say her name, mm-hmm. but she was saying her parents grew up on welfare and yada, 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 yada. And she was able to come up using a, a special program from the city or whatever. And you said maybe black people can create their own programs and advance ourselves. What an, a, a thought that we could create our own programs, which we've done in the past. Black Panther Party is just one. And there's a bunch of other ones out there that were solving black problems for ourselves. I saw I was watching a Dr. Umar Johnson interview and he was talking about how rap music became basically instructions to go to jail. They're like every single thing they can put you in jail, they put it in a rap song, sell drugs, mm. be a pimp uh, and kill somebody. All Every negative thing. And he was like, that's what happens when you bring other people into what you're doing to help you kind of grow it is they're going to infiltrate it and they're going to pervert it towards their own end. And the same thing is true with our solutions. We've talked about charities on here before. Charities benefit the owner of the charity more than they benefit the people that people are donating the charity to. You got people who own nonprofits and charities that are caped. They just get paid to administer the charity. In fact, you have wealthy athletes who will create a charity and then pay their parents to run the charity and they're paying them good bread. They might do a little good here and there, but like <clears throat> it's it's not a real solution. And so my thought is that like we got to create our own solutions so that they don't get co-opted and turn into people of color solutions or minority solutions. So that there are their on purpose black solutions. And then also the ability that we can do it because there's so many people who are out here who are educated, who went to great schools, who navigated uh, college that. All, all they got to do is bring it back, bring it back. And we can probably do more than what affirmative action was doing. Asian folks don't depend on affirmative action. Why? Because they created their own affirmative action. Affirmative action is your affirmative action. What are you doing affirmatively to progress your community? And when you start to do those things, great things happen. Mm, and you had a tweet. And we talked about this before, but I think it, uh, I think you still need to tell what you said. All you have to do to get rich is solve black people problems. Yep. And we got a lot of problems. All businesses is problem solving. Um, and we got a lot of problems. Grocery stores in the hood don't exist. Um, we need to have better programs to prepare kids for college aggressively, getting them on top of their math, getting them on top of their whatever. We need to probably even have some parenting programs as well. We need to have some community cleanups. We need to have some community security. Or if we secure our own communities, we'll be good. These are all things that I've thrown out there that people have been like, that can't work. But they can work, and they are being worked in other communities. Every other community is working it. You go into a private community, you know who's patrolling that community to keep it safe, a private security company. 
<laughs> that the HOA pays for. You know who's at that gate making sure that if you're coming into this community that you belong here? A private company. It's not a cop. <laughs> they don't put a cop there. They don't say, hey, we need the cops to patrol our private community. No. <laughs> cops are secondary. Intelligent communities do everything private and for themselves. They do not be pressed about the government. They don't. They got private schools that are way more funded than public school. Public school is a step down for them. They're not over here trying to get the best public schools. Even if you're in a good community and they have a good public school, you're still not going to that public school. You're still going to send your kid to a private school. Um, there's just so many examples of it private health insurance, private doctors, all that stuff. They're not worried about the government because government means equality. Wealth is not equal. Therefore, if you want wealth, you have to be actually greater than what the government can provide for you. So if you're sitting around waiting for the government, you're essentially saying like, we need everything to be equal. For example, the reason why affirmative action got shut down was because of equality, the concept of equality. They're saying we can't give them an advantage if we're supposed to be for equality. So my, say, my saying is, don't aim for equality, aim for excellence. That's what Asian people do. They put together their own programs to get their kids into school. They have their own summer schools. They have their own Saturday schools. They have their own evening school where they're giving their kids extra instruction so that they can excel in school. They're not just saying, I hope the school does what they're supposed to do. It's up to you. The school is the baseline. The government is the baseline. The government is where you fall to if what you're doing doesn't work. It's not what you do as your sole source. The government is not your sole source because if the government is your sole source, you can be very low. For example, student loan um, payments. Everybody was over here like, man, I can't wait for the government to clear my student loans. They've been sitting around for four to six years waiting for this to happen. It ain't going to yeah. happen. But what if that other person was creating their own solutions, investing, building a business, and they built something that could help pay off their student loans? That's the alternative is you can build what's going to save you or you can wait what's going to kind of sort of save you. Because he was over here like, oh, we're giving away $10,000 for student loans. $10,000 ain't wiping on my student loans. Not wiping on my wife's student loans. I'm wiping on nobody's student loans. It's a drop in the bucket. You waited six years where you could have built something for a drop in the bucket because they got to give yeah. it to everybody. I don't want what's given to everybody. None of us wants what's given to everybody because if we did, we wouldn't be out here buying designer. Designer ain't for everybody. Luxury trips ain't for everybody. Y'all don't want what's for everybody. So you got to start yeah. moving now you said a lot there so i'd like to just touch on real quick like the jewish community like i'm on the east coast i used to work in new york for a long time i worked for jewish companies i work around jewish people a lot and before i get into what i'm going to say i really want to say one thing like to dispel the myth like there are a lot of jewish people on welfare by the way I know people don't believe that. Everybody thinks every Jew is rich, but there's a lot of them on welfare. And if you if you live in New York, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, thing about Jewish people, I think it was Beryl Solomon that said one of the reasons you have a lot of rich Jewish people is because they don't have a choice because they have more kids than the average family. And they also have to send these kids to sheep. I think that's it. Where the, the Jewish school, like you're going to send your, your religious kids to a religious school that's on top of regular school and it's kind of like for a lot of them it's not a choice so it's like a private school so they could learn hebrew and learn the religion and the way of living so it's like they're going to do that themselves they're not going to depend on the government can't do it even if they wanted to but still they're not going to depend on the government to educate their kids in the way that they want their kids brought up so they they run that themselves and i'm sure if there's a issue in the in their neighborhood like you said like private security whatever they might make a call make sure that to the mayor or whatever, but they handle the, right? you might think of them as like some skinny nerds walking around with glasses on, but they're going to handle the handle, right? Uh, and also when you were talking about grocery stores, like the whole point going back to the tweet about you get rich off 
by solving black people problems. Like you said it before, since we are the people with the biggest issues, we have the biggest opportunity to get rich and build wealth, right? And and you talked about like grocery stores in the hood or like tutoring. I, I came to my head like it builds so much wealth because like okay, you start the business, you would think, all right, you start the business you're going to get wealth eventually as long as you stick with it. That's true, but also the whole community gets wealth because if there's no grocery store in the hood, you create a grocery store, you might make some money, but think about it. People in the neighborhood get fresh vegetables, better food, and you got better food, what? Then you can send your kids to school and they, they pay attention better because they got better food in the system or they got food at all. Because a lot of times like in New York or in bad neighborhoods here in Jersey, like kids be acting up and they can't concentrate in class because they, not, they didn't have breakfast. Or they had junk for breakfast, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, now they can go to school and pay attention to stay awake or whatever. They get better grades, go to college, get better skills, get better jobs or start businesses, make more money. Builds wealth for the whole neighborhood. It's, it, there's ripple effects here. And Or even with the tutoring idea, it's like, all right, so... In order for us to get into these schools, we have to actually be excellent. Well, let's work on being excellent. And so what happens when you start building excellent children, you get excellent people in your community that are educated, that are refined, that are ambitious, that are driven, that aren't committing crime, that are too busy studying to engage in foolishness. And then you get an overall healthy community. And you also get a, a more educated community. And so then those people come back and then they can be a resource to their community as well. And so I think that that's why I talk about like that business can save everybody is the business is bigger than just making money. The business is bigger than just revenue and expenses. It's all the people that can touch it. I was talking to my mom because she was like, man, I was telling her like one of the interesting things about my firm while I went back is like the, a lot of our uh, clients are black and I'll call them on the phone and they'll be angry. They'll be pissed off. And then they can kind of tell that I'm black uh, through my voice, I guess. And so then they then we kind of have more rapport. They know that I care. And I was like, imagine if I had my own firm, how they would feel about themselves. Like, man, we got our own firm. Like, it's, it's him and he got a black assistant and the other black attorneys in here and a black paralegals. And man, this is cool. Like, it'll be empowering for everybody to see. The success that we had in 2020 empowered a lot of other people. You've seen a lot of people who are stepping into greatness. Ellie talks money. She always says, like, she's like, yeah, like, she was doing really well, but she was like, I didn't really believe that I could do it until I saw you guys doing it. Annalisa, she's like, man, I didn't believe until I saw you guys doing it. Um, uh, the other girl who lives in South Florida, she's like, man, I didn't really believe until I saw everybody else doing it. I didn't believe until I saw Chris doing it. And mm. so it's like when you start to see other people doing well, then you start to have belief that you can do well, which on the other hand, I, I think I was thinking about this. I was like, I think that's why they still our businesses. <laughs> Because we've been, we think that we can't do it, but then we see somebody do it. And so once you see somebody do it, then you believe that you can do it. People believe they can be rappers because they see black kids becoming rappers. They believe they can become athletes because they see black people becoming athletes. And so they see you in business doing it like, well, shoot, I'm going to just do that too. So on the other hand, it kind of like can bite you in the butt. But the idea is for you to create a complimentary business. And this is why if we're building an edu educated community, we got to start having conversations. We got to start having sit down talks about all these things. I saw a tweet. She was like, man, we need to just have people get together and figure out a path forward that makes sense and hear both sides and understand both sides. Because a lot of times we just cut people off. You say something that they don't agree with and they're cutting it off, but maybe we could break it down and explain to you the pros and the cons and how it actually will work out if you do this. Because one of the things that I noticed in I was going to say is like, I don't like that men say something and there's always a rebuttal because I think we don't solve anything that way. I feel like if a man says, I don't want my woman to be outside naked, that's it. That's the end of the conversation. 
I don't want to hear no back and forth, no justifications, no excuses, no personal attacks, no nothing. That's his family and that's his his woman. Like, and if we can't get to it's like having a business with two CEOs and every time the C every time one CEO says something, the other CEO CEOs, every other CEO's like, nah, I'm believing that. We doing blah, 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 blah. Nothing will get done. They have one CEO. They don't have multiple CEOs. Yeah, they have a board of directors and they vote and they come on a decision and that's what they go forward on. But for some reason, we can't get ahead because we're not willing to say just like, okay, you rock out or we've turned into a situation where we have the women who are dictating everything and it's just not really working out that well statistically respectfully i'm not saying that they can't leave they're not smart they're not bright but i'm saying kind of like in my marriage like i I found that if i defer i still get my way if a woman hears a man says something she's like cool he's gonna come back it's like you know maybe i was being too harsh maybe wear this instead maybe we can compromise somewhere we don't even get to the compromise table because we're cutting people off at their at their knees as soon as they make a comment that we disagree with and it sounds extreme and it sounds intense but somebody gotta be the end all be all and we've been trying it one way for almost a decade how about we try it the other way and see how that works out we don't gotta even try to deck or a, a decade we could try it no like a century like a hundred years we've been trying the the women leads and feminism and all these things we're coming up on it if i if we say like the 1960s 1970s till now maybe like half a half a century let's just try it midway a little bit let's see maybe he got some sense Maybe he's looking at the overall picture and not just what your friends think because your friends ain't really feeling you. Friends are whack. You need a man more than you need friends because friends will turn on you. I know a lot of people who out here in their relationships off of advice their friends gave them when their friends ain't nowhere to be found anymore. They moved on to a new group of friends, but that man still would have been there rocking out with you, raising your kids. You left the man who's the father of your kids who was permanent for an opinion of somebody who's no longer there. And with that, take us out because I got to go to church. Well, on that note, we're going wrap this one up be sure to follow us on twitter folks at tweet talk pod p-o-d follow us on instagram at tweet talk podcast episode 150 of tweet talk the black world podcast Rafael husbands and charles over the third jd be good folks we out